got it. Here we go. The John Carlish, Sherry Elliker show. You coming along for the ride because you just can't get enough of it. That's right. You just can't get enough of a little bit of news and entertainment. Parker Scott here for the John and Sherry show. Ready for some more news tainment. News tainment. Here she goes. Ooh, Sherry's singing a new song. Wow, she's in good voice today. Sing it, Sherry. Let me do a few tricks, some old and then some new tricks. Wow. I'm very versatile. Okay, how much longer is this going to go on? And if you're real good, oh. I'll make you feel good. Oh, that sounds dirty. I want your spirits <laughs> to climb. Okay, let's stop it. Just let me. Gosh, Sherry didn't expect that. Well, you know, like I said in the song, I'm very versatile. Yes, you are. <laughs> My goodness gracious, girl. Full of surprises you are. Yeah, yeah. That's your love me yes, entertainment. Sir. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Should we bring Kate Stone in? What do you uh, think? Well, sure, we can do that. Yeah. Or we could talk about the Supreme Court and then bring Kate Stone in. Or we can bring mm, yeah, Kate yeah, Stone yeah, in and then talk here. about the Supreme Court. So here, Supreme Court will be hearing. Remember the, the thing that all started in Idaho a couple of years ago? They said um, under the Ninth Circuit, said it's cruel and unusual to not allow somebody to sleep. Lay down on a sidewalk or a park bench, but then open the door for people to lay down wherever they wanted because the Ninth Circuit said, you know what, it's cruel and unusual, so therefore... You can't ask homeless people to move along. Sleeping on sidewalks, sleeping on parks, sleeping in doorways, sleeping wherever you want to sleep. Sleep is part of uh, the, the human condition. So, therefore, asking somebody to move is not right. The only thing they put in there, you can tell them to move. You can go up to them and say, excuse me, I don't want to bother you. But you have to. We have a, a shelter bed for you. And if you don't actually have a shelter bed or something that the person wants, then you can't remove them from the sidewalk. Well, the Supreme Court has decided... We're going to hear this case because this has caused a huge problem for the West Coast, right from California through San Francisco and uh, Portland and Oregon and Seattle, Washington, Burien and everywhere else. You have people that uh, it is their right to be able to sleep on the sidewalk or to sleep on a bench or a park street somewhere, wherever they want to be. Now the Supreme Court will bring that up and take a better look at it. So then... When she was an American girl. Oh, no. She is an American girl. She's a collection of sweatshirts that'll just... Puerto Rico. This is not a sweatshirt. This is just a regular shirt. Okay, it has a lining in it. It's fine. Gotcha. It's got a little fleece in it. That's okay. fine. It's Thanks very, for stopping by. All right, moving on here. to the next story. Uh, so this Aww. brings us back to the drama, as, as you describe it as, the Burien-sanctioned homeless camp. Here we go again. Tent village, technically, but yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Burien's been struggling this thing for a while. It was, I think, Seattle offered them a million dollars. They, you know, take it or leave it. It's King gonna, County King, Regional. Oh, King County Authority. Regional yeah. Homeless Authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mm-hmm. said, and they said, okay, we'll take that money. So they got that money. They got a bunch of problems. They tried to, that church set up a, like a parking lot for a bunch of people to go in there. They right? did. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it was the Oasis Home Church parking lot, and it was called Sunnydale Village, and it was overseen by the Burien Community Support Coalition, which is headed up by... Coalition president and former Burien City Council member Sidney Moore, uh-huh. who her she lost her reelection campaign last year. 
So this tent village was housing around 65 people. Now, the church and the coalition had made an agreement for 90 days. Those 90 days ended on Monday. But although the Burien City Council did accept the money and the pallet shelters, 35 pallet shelters from King County, there's currently no timeline on when exactly that's going to be put in place. So with the end of this lease, it essentially means that the people in this tent village, and I saw it yesterday, there was just piles and piles of things, furniture, bikes, clothing, books, everything. They couldn't take it with them Mm -hmm. because they can't camp during the day, as you were saying. Yes. And so there was just piles of things they had to clean out, but Burien still has no overnight shelter for single adults. And Sydney Moore says that that creates a problem and basically they're back to square one. So essentially she's saying, you know, there's an extreme lack of shelter space. No shelter available. And so people are left to uh, their own devices. And and we are seeing people um, back out on the street here in Burien. Right. And so some of the people have said that at least at night, they're going to be camping in the downtown core, kind of around City Hall and whatnot, because there's grassy areas over there. And Mm -hmm. that was all cleaned out by the camping ban. But now it seems like it's going to be back at least in the nighttime. So I asked Burien Mayor Kevin Schilling what happens now because they don't have that pallet shelter exactly up to up to speed i don't know where the majority of folks are going to go i don't know where the majority of folks were from all i know is is that burien continues to focus on connecting people who need connection to shelter services wherever that may be the wherever that may be is kind of the crux of the issue because burien and south king county in general have very limited resources for providing shelter for people which essentially means that they might be spread out across King County and specifically places that have more shelter resources, Mm. like Seattle, for example. Do they have a... So they give all the money to these various organizations, and the various organizations say they provide housing, and do they also provide other resources like counseling, drug addiction, things like that? Do they actually... Can they show the metrics? Listen, you gave us a million bucks. We spent part of that on housing. We spent part of that on employment, and then look how many people we moved up and out of homelessness. You know, that's a great question, because there have... Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. You ask so many. Um... Yeah, so that's been a great question, is where exactly is all of the money going and the record-keeping and that type of thing. And you actually mentioned the Ninth Circuit uh, opinion. That was Mm -hmm. Martin versus Boise. That's right. Mayor Kevin Schilling actually talked about that and how, again, this is all kind of spread across the regional area. Martin versus Boise just requires services to be available, quote, in in the vicinity. So... Yes, regionally, we need to be doing more. Everyone does, not just not just Burien, but King County, the state of Washington. Right. And the city never actually approved this uh, tent village. They actually threatened the church with legal action because Mm -hmm. the church didn't have a license. It was operating without a license. And there were also some complaints from neighbors about crime and drug use within the tent village. And Sydney Moore responded to that when I asked her about it. Nobody is here to say that it was perfect, but um, it's a far cry from what we're seeing now, which is people with zero supervision, zero support. But what I actually learned when I went down there is a little bit of a different story because I actually talked to people that were collecting their things Mm -hmm. and they actually lived in the tent village. And they were telling me that there was a lot of what they thought were dangerous conditions, theft, lack of security. They said some people came in and stayed without paperwork, including someone who has now been arrested 
for a murder on in Burien along SR 509, and he's actually been arrested and charged for that. He was apparently living in the camp at the Oasis Home Church for several weeks yeah. after the murder occurred. And the peop- the person that I talked to who was living in the camp said, you know, we all knew about that. It was definitely something that, that caused us to feel very unsafe. Mm-hmm. And she said there didn't seem to be a lot of supervision or overseeing of things like that. Drug use, people would just be coming and going at all hours of the night. And so she said there was a lot of things that felt like... You know, it seemed like a good idea, but it was used for political purposes and that the unhoused people kept getting caught in the middle between the city and the support coalition trying to sort of, you know, fight it out on where exactly these people are going to go. So, Kate, in in this situation, you said there was piles and piles of things that they had to leave behind. Right. What happens now with just with that space? Does somebody come and haul that stuff away? Yeah. Can they pick it up later? Yeah, it Uh, all went into a garbage truck. It didn't look like a city garbage truck to me, but I couldn't really tell exactly from the markings on it. But it didn't appear to be a city uh, garbage truck. So it may have been a private uh, thing that they were using to get the stuff out of there. But, I mean, it was loads of stuff. I mean, just piles of it everywhere. I wonder, you know, the great experiment is you have all these cities, you get all these ideas, you get all this money. So comparing something like Burien, I know the city's a little, the structure a little different. Marysville, remember when Marysville came up with their idea? Mm-hmm. They're going to walk up to you and say, you've got two choices. You can either get off the street, go to this shelter, mm-hmm. right, or go to this uh, facility and we'll try to help you with your drug and alcohol problem. Right. Or if you stay here, we're going to put you in jail. That's actually, so where I'm from, Salt Lake City, they tried that exact thing. They had a park, where, which was actually across the street from a shelter, and they essentially told people, look, rehab or jail. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at the number of people that chose jail <laughs> over rehab. They, they, had a, they had the option, and they, they actually chose jail. And this was a story that I covered back when I was a producer in Salt Lake City. And so, they go on like for 60 days or 80 days. Or whatever yeah, I can't that. remember the exact number. But, yeah, it was kind of surprising that, that you know, they were offered that, you know, mm-hmm. opportunity. To get you know, better. At, right, at no cost. And ended up choosing jail. It was a big story that we did at, at that affiliate back back in the day. But it actually brings up... The feasibility of having sanctioned encampments, because that's an idea that's been thrown around in Seattle and other cities. You know, if you have a parking lot, per se, where there's supervision, you know, there's supposed to be rules. Would that actually work? Here's why you don't want to go to a shelter. Because there's rules. You can't bring your stuff in, can't bring your dog in, can't have sex, can't shoot up, can't be high, can't be drunk. There's rules. Where you're living, where you want to live, there are no rules. The same way where, hey, you go to a rehab, you'll get better. You don't want to be addicted to drugs anymore. But by the way, there's rules. In prison, it's pretty simple. Three hots in a cot. You're hanging out with your buddies. You're going to be in there for 100 days or whatever. Do whatever you're going to do. You're hanging out. It's fine. It's nice and warm. There's people that actually commit crimes around October so that they can go into jail for a couple of weeks, couple of months, and get back out again to avoid the, the cold weather. So you have these individuals in beer. You pick any city you want. You say to them, do you want to go to prison the rules are easy to follow you're not going to ask to do anything other than just you know not stab somebody and drugs might be available and drugs are available yeah. right so in this case it's like it's pretty simple 
And and they don't want it. And I get it. If you could live and have somebody provide provide you with food, and you could have somebody provide you with drugs, and if you all get into one spot, it's even better. But that's so, also a stress on the jail system, the court system, the taxpayers who have to pay to feed and house people. I, I know, but if you, I understand that. But if let's right. say ultimately, what you really want to do is help that person be a productive member of society, right? We are spending millions and millions and billions of dollars to just perpetuate the cycle of abusing yourself and abusing everybody else by stealing from each other. So Burian's crime rate is 78.9 per, per thousand. I'm trying to compare that to some other. They said, oh, crime is down. Well, it might be down from a high, but still 78.9 per thousand residents. Burian still has a drug problem, and a lot of people have stopped reporting because it's not worth it to them. So th- they have a serious problem. If they kicked everybody out, you know where they'd go? They would go to Seattle. Wherever you get the least amount of resistance, the least amount of resul- rules is where you'll go. Well, and the other question is, is it humane or fair to ask people to leave the place that they grew up and the place they were born and have lived their entire lives where maybe their case managers are, their family is, if they have a support system, asking them to leave and go to another place like Renton, Auburn, Kent, or, you know, even Seattle where they don't know anybody. Is that a recipe for success if somebody really is trying to get services and get better? Kate, um, I I worry about the answer to this question. Um, But after we did the story about people being able to hold on to their children, even if they don't have, you know, shelter or whatever it is. Did you happen to see any children there yesterday? So this was not, this was an adults only tent village. I actually did ask Sydney more about that. And she said, because there are family shelter options in Burien, they encouraged people to use those. And, you know, it, it, how do I put this? The the complaints from neighbors indicated that it was not necessarily a kid friendly environment. Mm. We'll put it that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Why were you afraid of the answer on that one? Shoot. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I I don't give opinions. That's your job. Oh, I that's just, right. I that's just right. provide yeah. you with the information. All right. That's Sherry, not my job. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sherry gives all the opinions. She's very opinionated. Oh. Yeah. No. By the way, you. I will. I would love to see the number to see you say they were born and raised there in Burien. They've lost their job or whatever. And now they're homeless. I still. I can only interview so many people a day. I know, but I get. I'm trying to get I would like to see. I still believe people will go. You may be homeless, but you're not dumb. You're going to go to the place of last resistance, least resistance. So where do you want to go? I still think a lot of people travel to places. I talked to the sheriff in Kittitas County. He said, why don't we have any homeless people here? He goes, oh, yeah, we don't we don't do that crap here. So what do you mean? He goes, yeah, as soon as we see you on the side of the street or whatever, pick you up, move you, tell you to move, go somewhere else, go to Hope Hope Source, get up, get out. No, we just don't allow it. So you're going to go where you don't, no one's going to bother you. Go, well, go where they don't bother you. They don't bother you in Seattle. They don't bother you in Burien. They don't bother you, bother you in Tukwila. And you bother- mentioned Bellevue. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when Eastlink is finished. Yeah, but the problem is this, there's not as many programs. When you have a whole bunch of great nonprofits that are trying to do the best work, they're, they're there. People are taking advantage of it. So the more services that they have, they have more services in Seattle than they have in Bellevue. But so do, again. But do you believe that a for its own citizens, whether they be unhoused or not? The city has a responsibility primarily to the taxpayers to provide the services that are expected of them. Fill the potholes, catch the criminals, 
protect us from the streets, uh, clean up the garbage. Then you're going to get it. it, Absolutely. Well, yeah, why not? Bottles first. No, but no, we want to get into social justice and all this other rigmarole uh, crap. Then you can go the other way. But basically, provide a safe environment. That's number one. Provide a safe environment for me to go about my life and not live in fear or get out of my car and go into a store at 11 o'clock in the morning, come back and find my windows smashed, right? Provide that service first. And then, and then also make people accountable to the law. The law is, you can't do that, you're going to go in jail. It, it, put them in jail. But you cannot allow, it's not, it's not compassionate to allow somebody to live the way those people are living. That's not compassion. And these people that are making money off, it's an entire system. They don't want to solve the problem because then all of a sudden they don't get the money. Make them accountable. You give somebody a million dollars, just say, okay, what are you going to do with a million? If you don't do that with a million, you're not going to get it again. You have to put the metrics in place because if not, it's just this machine. See how much people, what is that? What are those, some of those people make that are involved in those nonprofits? You know, I don't know, but it's I easy to look find it up. Oh, you. it's a simple tax return. You know who provides a great service? Nate Connors. Oh, oh wow. I see what's up. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's cutting you off. Let me put this. Wow. Union, wow. Union, Union Gospel Mission. We're talking about a great service, Union Gospel Mission. They're just trying to bring Nate into the oh, car. Yeah, oh, Lots of news. Let's see. We still what didn't we get to? Oh, Bob Ferguson and his victory lap of three million dollar fine for the Federal Way gun store. I'm going to get a, uh, can you find me, Andrew? Um, not yet, but maybe a little later on. We're going to ask a, uh, like an eight-year-old, right? We'll have an eight-year-old come on and explain how to get around that law. Um, that's how easy it is. Uh, let's see, Portland man has ashes to live with family. Okay, that's a good one, too. But, ready, Sherry? Yeah. Betty the Goose. Now, I have to tell you something. I haven't read the story. I was caught up with some other stuff. Uh, Joe's thrown it in here when I said, is this going to be good? You said. Absolutely. Sherry, have you heard it? Oh, I've seen it. I've read it. Yes. Without further ado, an Ohio family says they've been traumatized by the kidnapping of Betty the porcelain goose. It's bizarre. The family says they cannot even begin to describe this disturbing series of events. They say they know Betty is still out there because they've been taunted with pictures like this. One of them left on their mailbox. Would you describe the photo for the jury? Sherry. Um, yes, I, I'm doing this from my memory because I do not have the resource in front of me. However, I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that um, Betty was pictured, uh, she was dressed up as a Taylor Swift fan mm. from the family he she was stolen from yes but i believe that they addressed her in something quite different maybe some beads and other things uh-huh. um so she's definitely would you somewhere. say that the goose the goose has now been provocatively uh costumed i would i would not use the <laughs> no word further questions your honor okay. <clears throat> i would taunted I- with pictures like this one of them <sighs> left on their mailbox saying we have betty this is awful like they took it to the next level it started with a banger a hundred what i'm telling you i mean okay listen when you listen to this part of it (laughs) okay yeah i ask you when you listen to her tell what happened yes i'm gonna ask you as a parent yeah would you be more worried about betty the goose 
than your own daughter destroying okay. your house. Okay, here we go. Thank you. Keep that in mind. No further questions, Your Honor. Plus, of her nearest and dearest friends came in and, and partied with her with the intent of destroying my home to banger. get her in trouble. Bridget Strand says a public invite made by her teen daughter on Snapchat ended in chaos. They super glued cups to my counters and, and cinnamon. There were so many alcohol. And cinnamon? <laughs> the deadly cinnamon. Just, you don't need to say what they did. Just, just the idea of cinnamon. Just she had to throw that cinnamon out there. Cinnamon and super glue. Okay. Containers wait, wait, that hold on, hold on. were glued cups to my counters and, and cinnamon. There were we need those so stingers. many alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Andrew, can you get one of the big bang, like, for the cinnamon thing, just to drive it up a little bit? Here we go. Just here we go. Ready? <laughs> Bridget Strand says a public invite made by her teen daughter on Snapchat ended in chaos. Here we go. They super glued cups to my counters and, and cinnamon. There were so many alcohol containers that my trash can, like the big trash can, was heaping full of them. My countertops come apart from the wall now. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Given given that situation of all of that, right? We have a world what would you one, focus a minute on? and twenty four seconds left, Sherry. So the see the counter has come away from the wall. Yeah. Because are, they were dancing on it. She'll get to that. Because they were standing and dancing on counters. The list goes on. Somebody ate my plant. And then threw it up. And threw it up. The house is cleaned up and a lot of things they can fix and replace, but not Betty. Strand still remembers the sweet surprise from a friend. I got home one day and she was just on the porch with this bow on her and I was like, oh, who did this? <laughs> like, I love her so much. The family dressed Betty like a Taylor Swift fan, decorating a shirt and making friendship bracelets for her. Uh, don't tell me. At Christmas time, put a, you know, something on, did, like every year they do a decor. Yeah, okay. Strand says she used her teen daughter's Snapchat to get answers about Betty's whereabouts. Oh. It was just a, hey, kids, you were busted this time. Okay. Also, who stole my goose? Then she realized Betty. Yeah, forget the fact that the kitchen is in disrepair, <laughs> right? Cinnamon everywhere. And, and super glued on the counter. Yeah, it'll cost you 10000 bucks to get the kitchen back in place. But where is my porcelain right. And who vomited up my plant? Was being held hostage. Well, this is not in my house. This is, this is in somebody's room. Oh. Somebody else's house. Oh. They made a TikTok. Oh, my God. With Betty, they made a like, TikTok. pretending to be Betty and harassing me on my TikTok. Oh, you got to like, find that. For real? Betty's story has now reached thousands of people on oh, social media it, from as far as Joe, Ireland and Australia. You got to get this Sharing the a phone. love for Taylor Swift and porcelain pets. Some even offering reward money to bring Betty home. In Fairfield, Morella Porter, Local 12 News. Oh, my God. Okay. How, how about some money to put some kids in rehab? Okay. How would that be? All right. Here's why we have to get her on the phone. Okay. We'll get her on the phone, and we'll be unbelievably sympathetic to uh, Betty, and we'll just try to, and um, yeah, we'll talk about her kitchen we and stuff. We could promote the GoFundMe to safely return Does she have a GoFundMe? Betty. She said there was rewards offered. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you track her down. We'll have her on tomorrow. But, Sherry, here's the thing. 
Uh, you be really, really, really sympathetic about Betty and your family had a little uh, uh, garden gnome and how much it meant to you and that you love that garden gnome and it, you had it every holiday uh, and then it was stolen. And at that point, I need you to break down in tears uh, to the point that you... <laughs> <laughs> you are unable to talk. Okay, I can do. That. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, it's such a sentimental memory. This is nothing new. Oh, oh, oh wait, that- wait, wait, wait! we're gonna and we're gonna have Nate play the part of a psychic detective who thinks he's gonna be able to figure out where Betty is because he just he needs the clues and he's gonna ask the woman to just press the phone up against her forehead or something like that. So we'll we'll have her on and we'll just completely skunk her good. Okay, I'll be down there. All right. That's the plan. You got to find her, Joe. I'm on it. Yeah. Tell her that we're really, really sympathetic. We're a radio station. Seattle wants to talk to her about it. All right. She's getting worldwide attention. Hey, well, she should, Sherry. <laughs> With all the stuff that's going on. Huh? I, huh? Somebody I'm ate her plant. Come be- on. Come on. She's just egging these kids on by paying so much attention to it. Now they're never giving it back. And this is what happens. They steal these things like a Santa from a yard or whatever. Yeah. And then they take pictures of them doing terrible things. <laughs> hilarious yes, yes but it's just you know the more you engage it the more you're going to get of it so well, we're engaging it yeah true guilty we're going okay yeah um yeah so nate will play the part of the psychic uh he thinks he can track it down that he's found other garden gnomes and other things that people have lost <laughs> And we'll get her on. We'll just do a whole. Why don't we thing. call him the Porcelain Psychic? Yeah, yeah, something like. Okay, that's good. Working title. No bad ideas. Although that's close. I like uh, the idea of her putting the phone to her head. Though I'm going to have her move it around her head. <laughs> it's going to hurt some of your credibility, Nate. Joe's tracking down that lady, Sherry. Well, she might also be on, uh, she said she was communicating by the TikTok or something like that. Okay, well, this is the woman who has the terrible experience with the kids that stole the porcelain goose, but then they also destroyed her house, so. I'm sure Keith Morrison is interested as well. Oh, yeah, he is, (laughs) yeah. Um, I'll tell you what to do, Sherry. You'll, if we can do it today, we're gonna, um, I'll play Tom Brokaw. You take the segment, and then you say that Tom would like to do a, a story on it as well. He's coming out of, he's doing special assignments for his Instagram, their TikTok page. So I'll just do Tom Brokaw the whole time. Okay. I- oh, that's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Taylor Swift has got a lot. Okay. Ha- has a lot of effect. <laughs> Whatever. On God. Don't worry about it. Well, oh, she's gonna she's gonna hang she's up. She's not gonna hang up. Yes, she is. She's not gonna buy it, and she's gonna hang up. Uh, okay. The, all right. No, no. No Taylor. No. No Tom Brokaw. Okay. Uh, Thanks whatever. to Taylor Swift, cats are back in fashion. That's the end of that story. Well, it, it, cats are sort of the hot fashion well, you have, you have three right more now. minutes go ahead <laughs> <laughs> there are looks now that ins- are inspired by uh, a cat and this was started by jennifer lopez who wore this leopard print outfit apparently uh-huh. and, and after that lots of cats kind of came into the into the scene mm-hmm. um 
Coco, which is an influencer's cat, uh, <laughs> they say that it's her sexy mystique that uh, inspires people. And so people like to dress like that. She says she's she's cool and she's confident uh-huh. and has a look. We're still that talking about the respect. cat. We're talking about the cat. <laughs> okay. But this is what the this is what the owner wants to mimic. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to throw the sound or something. Damn. No. Damn. All right. No, it's Cat Lady Couture. Well, because Taylor Swift has cats and talks about how much she loves her cats, here is her daily routine. She wakes up, by the way, I mean, God love her, but on a scale of one to ten, ten being completely just over it, where are you on Taylor Swift stuff? Because it's going to be all weekend. Starting, for, It started already. They already asked um uh, Kelsey, uh, so uh, we're going to see an engagement. Is it going to be a ring? Yeah. Maybe proposing, you know, maybe in the game. And he's like, the only ring I care about is Super Bowl ring, right? And how many times the camera cuts away? So now there's prop bets on how many times we're going to see Taylor during the big game. Um, there's controversy because they're giving her private plane a special place to park. Because she sold her private jet, by the way. One of them. One of them. And the reason she did is because she didn't like being tracked. There's that kid who will track any celebrity's plane you want. You go on, he gets the, it's not that hard. You can do it yourself. You get the tail wing number, you get the tail number, you put it in, and you can flight track on it. Well, she doesn't like being tracked, so she sold that plane. She has two jets? Yeah. Okay. She has two jets, and there's one of them that only has a distance of certain amount of distance, and then the bigger one is the one she has to take from Japan because that can get her all the way nonstop to uh, Las Vegas. So if she were smart, she's very smart, what she should do is you have two jets, and you it's just like with the president. You have the one decoy one. Is, that, is he in that one or is she in that one? You wouldn't know. So you're tracking two of them and stuff. It throws everybody off. But she sold one because she didn't like being tracked. Well, of course, they're going to be able to track her on the other one. But you think about it for a moment. Here she is. She starts out as a little kid, starts singing. Toby Keith helps her out, gets her first contract. She then becomes this gigantic star. Her life, I remember, who was it was talking about being um, a prisoner of their celebrity? Somebody really, really, some, like a Michael Jackson or something like that. You know, basically can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You are imprisoned by your celebrity because just everywhere you go is a huge problem. You can't go to the store. You could Maybe you can wake up at 7 in the morning and play with your cats for 15 minutes. But then the rest of your life, you're just stuck. You can't do anything. I mean, people, oh, I'd like to have that problem. I don't think most people would. Mm-mm. I know everything. And you go online, all the horrible things. She didn't come out right away and say something about Toby Keith. So then everybody's like bashing her. How dare you turn your back on your friend who discovered you and he died. And so then she has to come out and say this whole thing about him. It's like every single step she makes, you loved or hated, wouldn't be worth it. No. No way. No, and and just wait because the backlash is coming because that's what we do in this country. We build people up to enormous heights and then we love watching them fall down. So I think she's probably going to is she's reached such a high mark in terms of fame. It, she's it's bound to to come come down at some point. Mm. And Bill Murray said he said that when he would teach students, he'd say, you know, why do you want to be an actor? And they'd say, because I want to be rich and famous. He said, pick rich, famous is not that great. <laughs> Bill Murray, by the way, if you want to get in touch with him, he has a one eight hundred number. 
That's how oh, you try I'm sure to try. Sit, I'm sure he's sitting by the phone. And there's a guy who tried Bill to Murray. interview. A guy who tried to interview. It took him six months. He left a message. Bill Murray never called. Six months later, Bill Murray called him back, said, hey, I'm going to be in New York. If you want to talk, I can talk to you there. He said the guy is basically just, you, you can't get to him. Just at, recluse or just not part of any of it. You can't get him. So, huh. so be rich or famous. What's the choice, Sherry? <laughs> rich. All the way rich. 